0: Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel Galveston. Bread for the
1: broken. Beautiful aspects of of what it means to be alive on planet Earth, and whether that's going out and checking out beautiful scenery and going, playing in the water, or hiking on those mountains, or experiencing marriage, or having kids, and all that stuff. It's all gifts from Jesus, but that is not what life's about. Those are, those are gifts. They're gifts from the greatest gift giver the world has ever known. Life is about the one giving the gifts, not the gifts themselves.
0: Are you seeking after the gifts of life instead of the giver of life? Today, you'll learn from Pastor James' message about what life is supposed to be truly about. Beautiful scenery, hiking, marriage, family, all of the gifts are wonderful. These gifts can make you feel and come alive. However, Pastor James reminds you that they are gifts from the Lord. What life is truly about is getting to have a personal relationship with the giver of life and gifts. Get to know the Lord. Spend time with Him. Receive Him into your life. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Philippians chapter 1 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken.
1: my goodness, the the church has become just so weird, you know, in these days where it's like, we're like the Holy Spirit police. And we have our own set of like guidelines. And it's like, oh, well, you don't really line up to the Calvary Chapel way. So you're not a good person. That's nonsense. That's nonsense. If somebody is preaching and proclaiming Christ and they're just doing it in a weird way that you don't agree with, okay, don't watch them. Don't listen to them. Why are you getting stressed out about it? they don't even know you. They don't even care. It's not hurting them. Move on, right? Like, come on, Christians, church, what are we doing? Now, if it's a bad guy proclaiming a false doctrine or a heresy and all that stuff, you would be wise to warn other people to stay away, okay? There is an element, if somebody's proclaiming a false gospel, something that is hurtful to other people, you would be wise to let people know, like, if you know somebody who is fully engaged with that ministry or something, you'd be wise to say, hey, you know what, have you ever really thought about what they're talking about? Show me in the scriptures, show me in the scriptures where what they're saying is biblical or is true. You have the obligation to do that. You should watch out for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. But if you're hating on somebody just because they don't do church the way that you think they should do church, the problem's with you. It's not with them, OK? You need to move on. We need to move on. That's it. It's too much stress in the church. And it's all self-inflicted. It's all self-inflicted. And it's no wonder the world's looking at us thinking, like, why are these people who are supposed to be so joyful, so hateful towards each other? We've got to be like Paul. Man, you want to be like Paul. And Paul is nothing other than a reflection of Jesus. What he he would say to the church of Corinth, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Let's be more like him. Let's be more like that. I'm not stressing on what other churches are doing. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. Neither should you. You rejoice in the fact that if there's a congregation that's meeting right now, and the gospel is being proclaimed, well, we rejoice in that. Because God can use that to save a soul from hell. And forever, a life is changed. We rejoice in that. We rejoice in that. Paul's like, I'm just going to rejoice. I'm going to keep rejoicing. We know that he does this because it was in Philippi, where he was locked up in the dungeon, and his feet were in shackles. At midnight, he was doing what? He was rejoicing. So you got to know when the church of Philippi gets this letter and they're, and they're reading this because they're probably up in arms. They're probably taking up the offense. They're like, what? These other people, they're trying to do this against the apostle Paul? Oh, I don't think so. We're going to start a campaign. We're going to you know, cancel culture. We're going to shut them down and all that nonsense. And it's like, Paul's like, no, 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 no. Just rejoice. Just rejoice. Don't sweat it. Let's just rejoice. Let's give glory to God for what he's doing he's just going to rejoice. Good little good little word there. Good little, hey, you know what? Good little uh, memory verse. Good little verse to write down and say, you know what? I'm going to commit this one to memory because I think if you're anything like me, this one would be so helpful in my life. Hey, did you hear about? I'm just going to rejoice. <laughs> I'm just going to, hey, did, have you heard? I'm just going to rejoice. I'm just rejoicing in Jesus. Is it, I mean, you know, like, is it somebody spiking some Kool-Aid, trying to kill some people? Then we will stand against that, okay? We don't want no, no nonsense, no no deceit, no none of that nonsense. If they're hurting people, for sure we're standing against that. But like, oh, I don't, know. don't, I don't care what other churches doing, okay? I'm just going to rejoice. Maybe that's what God's called them to do. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not all-knowing. You know, there's, there's. You know, God's all knowing. We're not all knowing. So I don't know what God is calling other churches to do. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't know. I got enough troubles of my own trying to figure out, God, what are you calling us to do? Each day has enough worries of its own, right? Don't add other people's worries and days to your own, okay? Just rejoice, 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 rejoice. And again, I say rejoice, right? Like, There's a reason somebody made that into a song, okay? So just keep rejoicing. Verse 19. Here's our word again. For I know that as you pray for me and as the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will all turn out for my deliverance. He's like, look, you guys just keep praying for me. But Paul, no, no, no. I'm going to keep rejoicing. You keep praying. I'll get out of this. And he does. A lot of people believe that during this imprisonment, he is actually released, okay? Spends two years locked up and gets released. That's the common viewpoint on this. They believe that he he did get released and all that good stuff. So the thought here is that the third missionary journey that he comes back and visits Philippi again, okay? There's even some thoughts that he's visited him four or five times. We don't know. But we do know that he's able. He he does get released, and he's like, "Look, you know what? How about this? Don't get upset. You guys just keep praying. Just keep praying. Pray for me." He's like, "The Lord Jesus is is strengthening me, uh, the Spirit, and the, what's the Spirit of Jesus Christ? The Holy Spirit Himself helped me." Wait a minute. I think Jesus told his disciples that that's what the Holy Spirit would do. He says, "I'm going to go away, and what? I'm going to send a helper." I'm send the helper, the Holy Spirit. We all want Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, 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 it's better that I go away so that the Holy Spirit comes. Why? So that he can teach you in all things. So that he can help you. So that he can comfort you. And here's Paul saying, like, look, I'm locked up in jail, but it's cool. It's all right. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in me. The Holy Spirit huh. is, is teaching me. He's helping me. He says, it will all turn out for my deliverance. And so he's delivered. He's, he does get set free. However, if Paul were to have never been delivered, physically from this jail, because we know there will come an imprisonment where he, he does get, you know, his life is, will be taken from him. It doesn't mean that he loses. He still gets delivered even in that element, okay? But we know physically he, he will be, he'll be released. He'll be set free. They'll, re, they'll reunite. We'll see that as when we jump back into the book of Acts. He goes on to say this last little portion that we'll, we'll cover with our, our time we have left here, He says, for I live, I live in eager expectation and hope. Wait a minute. How are you living? How are you living? I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed. This is uh, ESV? Is that what this one is? No, New King James? No, it's a different one. Hey, we got another version. I don't even know what that one is. Um, So, anyways, I like what that says. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed. New Living Translation, again, this is partly why I wanted to read through this one today. I live in this expectation and this hope. How are you living? Are you living in expectation and in hope that what? He goes on to say, that I will never do anything that causes me shame. What? <laughs> this is for the Apostle Paul. He's like, that I'll never be ashamed. But that I will continue to be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. So here's the Apostle Paul. He's like, look, you guys just keep praying for me. Pray that I get set free. I'll come back and visit you guys. He says, but I want you to understand this. I want you to know. I want you to know this thing. I live in eager expectation and hope. I live in these things. My life functions in these things. Eager expectation. And hope. I'm living in hope. What? That Jesus is going to do what Jesus is going to do in my life. That his will will be done in my life. If he wants me set free, I'll be set free. I'll be set free. If he wants me to come back and visit you guys, I'll come back and visit you guys. I'm, I'm living in this expectation and this hope. This is contrary to living in an eager expectation and hope. Lessness, always anticipating the worst kind of a deal, right? I understand that that reason and that that logic. You want to be smart, you want to be aware, but you can't live in that, always assuming the worst is gonna happen. You just can't, it's not healthy. Here's Paul, and he's not like the ultimate, you know, optimist in one sense, but he's he's focused on Jesus and he's like, Look, I'm not worried about it. I'm living in constant or this eager expectation and hope, what? And he goes on to say, that I'll never do anything that causes me shame, but that I will always be bold for Christ as I have been in the past, and that my life will always honor Christ, whether I live or die. Meaning this, hey, you know what? Jesus shows up in my life today. I ain't got nothing to worry about. Am I a perfect person? Not at all. Am I a sinner? Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm living my life for Jesus. I'm living my life for him. And, and I'm going to be a witness for him, is what Paul's saying. I'm going to be a witness for him, and I will continue to be a witness for him, even if I'm dead. Even if I'm dead. Well, How does that work? Well, we know that you know, the, the impact that he has, the, the investing in the lives of others, that's why, that's why discipleship matters. It's not so that your story continues on, it's so that the story of Jesus and the gospel continues on. You invest your life into the lives of other people so that when you are gone, because I'm sorry, but everybody has an expiration date in this world, and I don't know if that's the rapture is going to be that for you, or, or if it's a freak automobile accident, you're pouring into other people. Why? So that the gospel continues on. So that the gospel continues on. Paul goes on to say, within the same line of, of, of thought, you know, his life for Christ. Very famous classic verse, right? For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Or as the, the New Living Translation says, for to me, living is for Christ. What is the purpose of life? Jesus. Jesus. What is the purpose and reason for life? Jesus. Jesus is. And he says, and dying is even better. What? (laughs) Now, Paul is not, he's not, because I've heard this term thrown out here before, like this is somehow like makes Paul like suicidal in one sense. That's not what this is saying. I please, I hope you understand that that's not what he's saying. He doesn't want to die in that sense. He has the proper perspective on life. He says, look, if I'm going to be alive, it's for Jesus. If I die, it's all right. Why? Because I'm with Jesus. So I'm better off. But you know what? I'm not dead. So what am I going to do with my life? I'm going to live it for Jesus. I'm going to live it for him. For to me, living is for Christ, and dying is even better. Living is for Christ. Living is for Christ. Isn't it cool that you get to experience a bunch of things on this planet? Isn't it amazing that God is so gracious and so loving that he lets you experience just beautiful aspects of, of what it means to be alive on planet Earth? And whether that's going out and checking out beautiful scenery and going playing in the water or hiking on those mountains or experiencing marriage or having kids and all that stuff, it's all gifts From Jesus, but that is not what life's about. Those are those are gifts. They're gifts. From the greatest gift giver the world has ever known. Life is about the one giving the gifts, not the gifts themselves. And this again is is one of Paul's perspectives in life. This is how when you're in prison, you can rejoice and you can keep rejoicing, even when it seems like you have a group of people who are purposely trying to hurt you at your lowest point in life. You can continue to rejoice because you're focused on the gift giver. And you understand that life, whatever, it, whatever element of life and gifts you experience here on this life, whatever you get to participate in and, and enjoy and all that stuff, it all comes from him. It all comes from him. And Paul says, life is for Christ. Living is for Jesus. Living is for him. Have you experienced what it feels like to live for yourself? Isn't it amazing? (laughs) Living for you. It's not. (laughs) It's not. Many of us have many, we we have our testimony, right? Part of your testimony is like, look, from here to here, I lived for James, and I was miserable. Was I experiencing fun things? Of course, of course. You wouldn't be doing some of this stuff if it wasn't enjoyable, OK? Let's, let's, let's think through this stuff. But was I, was I full of joy? Not at all. Did I have peace? No. I didn't even know what peace was. Didn't even know what peace was. That was living for James. I spent a good portion of my life living for James, and I was miserable. And it wasn't until I met Jesus and I realized that He turned the light bulb on in my brain that this life was meant to be lived for Him. Man, was I set free. I was set free. That peace that surpasses all understanding just filled me. Joy. I'd never experienced joy. I experienced happiness, and it was all temporal, right? It just come and goes, fleeting. It was all dependent upon if things were going well for me, and if things weren't going well for me, then I, there was no joy in my life until Jesus came into my life. And then this thing happened where it's like, I have this joy inside of me. Love. I didn't know what love was before Jesus. I didn't. I, d- I didn't know what that was. I, I, I mean, I could spend a portion of my, my life hating certain individuals. And then this Jesus thing happens and the switch gets turned on, and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't hate anybody. And maybe individuals or groups or whatever that I may have had disdain for or hate for and all this, I don't hate. I don't hate anybody. Why? Well, because this life is for Jesus. And when Jesus takes over our heart, man, he changes that thing. And it may be over time, and it is for all of us, but you can have peace, you can have joy, you can have love, and it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of him, and it's all for him, and you're focused on him. Others get the benefit of you being focused on Jesus, and yes, there are benefits for you as well. But Paul says, look, to, for to me to, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, goes on to say, yet if I live, that means fruitful service for Christ. If I'm going to be alive, then I'm going to serve Jesus, and it means that there's going to be fruitful service for Christ. I really don't know which is better. He's like, I'm kind of hard pressed. I'm hard. I'm perplexed. He's like, I don't know. Well, which one is it? Which one's better, Paul? And he's like, I don't know. I know which one I prefer. In one sense, he's like, you know, it would be really sweet just to be with Jesus right now. And I think a lot of us, especially within the church, considering current situations and time, we're like, It just would be really cool if we were with Jesus right now, right? Like, if this just just ended, (laughs) like, you know, that rapture button, like somebody just hit that thing and, and we were just with Jesus, yes, that would be good. Yes, it would be. That'd be awesome. However, however, the time you spend here on this earth can be fruitful for Jesus and beneficial for others and beneficial for others. There's a reason why that button hasn't been hit yet. There's a reason it hasn't been hit yet. So until that happens, and nobody knows when it's going to happen, we're going to be just like the Apostle Paul, and we're going to stay busy, so to speak, in a good way for Jesus. Like, I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between the two desires. Sometimes I want to live, and sometimes I long to go and be with Christ. So that's where individuals come up with this idea of, like, somehow Paul is, like, suicidal. That's not true. He's not, like, saying, like, sometimes I want to live, and sometimes I just want to die. That's not what he's saying, okay? He's like, look, I want to be alive because it's beneficial for you, but I also just want to be with Jesus. And there is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. He's not morbid, okay? It's not like he doesn't want to be... No, he wants, and every single one of us should have that same attitude. Like, man, look, I love being where I'm at right now, but it'd be really sweet if I was with Jesus. It'd be really cool. If you understand what that means, it'd be really cool. However, you're not. Not right now. Neither was Paul. He says, that would be far better for me. And and note that, what he says there. To be with Jesus, well, that benefits me. He's like, that would be far better for me. But, verse 24, it is better for you, Jesus, others, you. He says, it would be far cooler for me if I was with Jesus. However, when I'm focused on Jesus, I want to I wanna serve you. I want to serve you. I want to do what's best for you. Ultimately, what's, what, what the Lord has called me to do, when what's best for you. He says, it's better for you that I live. Well, that seems to be thinking pretty highly of yourself, Paul. No, it really is. It is better for them if Paul lives, because he can still invest in them, still pour into them while he has time. He says, I'm convinced of this, so I will continue with you so that you will grow and experience the joy of your faith. Paul's like, look, I want to do I want to go and be with Jesus? Absolutely. But what's better for you? What's better for you is that I stick around so that you can grow in your relationship with Jesus. There you go. So you grow and you experience the joy of your faith, the joy of your faith. Do you have joy in your faith? Do you have joy in your faith? He says, then I will return to you. You will have, when I return to you, I'm sorry. When I return to you, you will have even more reason to boast about what? About what Christ Jesus has done for me. So there's Paul just letting these guys know. He's like, "Look, I'm locked up. Gospel's still going out. Some do, some are doing it with pure motives. Others are doing it with impure motives. I'm not even worried about it because Jesus is being proclaimed. The gospel's going out. So I'm gonna just keep rejoicing in Jesus. And while I'm thinking about it, you know what? My life is all about Jesus. And I, if I'm gonna be alive, I'm gonna be alive for Jesus. Do I want to be with Jesus? Do I want to? Would I like to?" Be with him and be out of this prison? Sure, of course, but I'm not. So it's better for you that I stick around and keep pouring into you so that you grow, so that your joy increases, that to enjoy your faith, that you experience that. He says, and when I show up, you'll rejoice, not in me, but in what Jesus has done. In mean, what Jesus has done. That's his whole focus, man. You can read through this. The whole letter is like this. The whole letter is just like this. Paul's like, look, I love you guys. I'm here for you. I'm serving you. Why? Because I'm focused on Jesus. And he's like, and I'm benefiting from it. I personally am benefiting from serving other people. I'm benefiting from keeping my eyes on Jesus and focusing on other people. Paul's like, I'm doing all right. I'm doing OK. But you're in jail. Yeah, but I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. This, this needs to be our mindset. This has to be our mindset. And, and for you to grow and in, in experience in, in the joy of your faith, let me tell you this. It is through spending time with Jesus. It is through spending time in his word. It is spending time praying, communicating with him, spending time with him. And fellowship with other believers, yes, absolutely. Investing your life in other people. Discipleship is what we call that. Yes, absolutely. That is how you will grow. That is how you will grow.
0: Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James has been teaching through the Book of Philippians, a New Testament letter written by the Apostle Paul. This letter was meant to encourage the church in Philippi. Paul expressed great appreciation for this group of believers, and he made sure to mention that they were very generous in supporting his ministry. This is how we feel here at Bread for the Broken, too. We're so grateful for your listening support, as well as any financial support you feel led to give. We ask that you pray for this ministry and also pray about supporting us in ways that are necessary to keep these teachings airing to people near and far. If you're interested in being a part of this support, go to breadforthebroken.com and click on the About tab. You'll find a link there to donate. Thank you for your prayerful consideration of giving to us here. If you missed any of this teaching or would like to hear more from Pastor James in the Book of Philippians, visit our website today at breadforthebroken.com. Look under the Listen tab. We'd also love to meet you too, so if you're in the area, come visit us at Calvary Galveston. We meet each Sunday and Wednesday for worship and Bible study. Find out more at breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for joining us today as a part of our listening audience. Through this ministry, the gospel is going forth and lives are being changed. Tune in next time for more from the Book of Philippians right here on Bread for the Broken.